You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, I'm John Taylor. You're listening to the Attacking Scrum Podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Welcome to Heads Up, which is part two of the Attacking Scrum podcast. Thanks for downloading. Coming up, we'll be having a look at uh, Wales versus Italy. We've got all the transfer rumours and other news from uh, from in and around uh, Welsh rugby. First up, though, Dan. Six Nations very, very close, and you'll be covering this in great detail as attacking scrum correspondent out on the ground in Italy. Talk us through, uh, talk us through your itinerary. Do you want know, the itinerary arrived actually? Have, um, you, have you got a formalised written one? Yeah, it's yeah. full on typed up. Uh, one of the boys, uh, one of the boys, uh, Jamie always uh, always knocks something up, so it's yes, printed, it's out, and it's it's very, very detailed on what we're going to be doing, and we'll try and stick to that. Good organisational skills, eh? Yeah. So um, yeah, got that, got that packed. Got the roll neck in. Um, one of the, uh, we've been told that we've got to take a gold medallion, uh, which has to be worn at all times on that Sunday. What happens if you lose your medallion? I don't know. Oh, but, you don't uh, want to know. Do you? you don't want to know. Yeah. You know? So um, yeah, we've got to be wearing that at all times on the Sunday. Um, and there's some horrendous shapes on some of these gold medallions. Um, and uh, yeah, there's a, there's a little sort of capping presentation apparently at Gatwick. Right. We turn out we'll be presented with our caps for the uh, uh, for the weekend. We're encouraged to wear them at all times. Nice. But, uh, yeah, there's a few little bits and bobs like that that uh, that have been outlined. Yeah, I'm 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 really excited now. No, that's good. And when are you uh, when are you back from this trip? So back on the, back on the Monday, um, and then uh, book, book Tuesday off work. Boys uh, move that. Just to uh, just to rest up and gather my thoughts. Um, and then uh, yeah, we haven't got much of a turnaround, have we? Before uh, before the England game. game, yeah. Well, hopefully um, you'll uh, manage to get a few Italian coffees in amongst all the Peroni that you'll be drinking, because otherwise you'll end up a little bit like I have this week, a bit hoarse in the uh, in the voice department and struggling for energy after a weekend in Amsterdam. Yeah, I'm looking forward to looking looking forward to one or two of those sharp coffees. Yeah, I bet just to just to uh, just to keep. Uh, 
Keep everything ticking. Keep everything ticking, exactly. Yeah. It's a nice break, though, with, uh, with us going to Naples and then heading down to Rome. Um, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of, lot of people going out there, so yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely a case of sleepless nights now. Oh, nice work. Oh, it sounds like you've um, it sounds like you got it all sussed. Uh, we're going to start this um, this week's podcast with a new feature, though, where we catch up with a friend of the show, former Glamorgan Wanderers all round straight talking fella, uh, Tony Murphy, aka the Mighty Murph, um, and we talk about hangovers. Funny enough, so we cover hangovers, horse racing, highball. All kinds of all kinds of uh, different things beginning with H. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we're calling this section Murphy's Law. So time to find out what's been uh, what's been bothering the mighty Murph. Murph, good to speak to you. Hi, How are you doing? I'm good. Yourself? Yeah, very good. I'm uh, I'm recovering after a uh, after a stag do in Amsterdam. So. Um... Oh yeah, oh yeah. I remember you mentioned uh, Amsterdam on the last. How did that go? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it did what Amsterdam always does, and it's uh, and it's taken it out of me. So um, yeah, I'm relying on Dan to, to get me through uh, to get me through <laughs> tonight. Um, well, well, it's Wednesday. You should be better by Wednesday. <laughs> you'd hope so, wouldn't you? But uh, yeah, it's. Yeah, just day after day after day of boozing has kind of uh, has caught up with me. But um, yeah, with Dan with Dan going on a, a four day a four day bender to Italy, I dare say the roles will be reversed next week. So oh, that's right. Yeah, it'll be um, it'll be my turn to pick up the pieces. <laughs> um, but we didn't get you on just to talk about my hangover. Uh, we wanted to chat, <laughs> wanted to chat about uh, about the Six Nations. How excited are you? I mean, it's my favourite time of year. Uh, I saw I'm not alone there. It's double for me because uh, halfway through is the Cheltenham Festival yeah. <laughs> racing, which um, normally you get Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday racing, and then straight into a good Six Nations game on Saturday. So, yeah, it gets through through January, doesn't it? The prospect of <laughs> Six Nations. Well, yeah. While we're on while we're on the topic of hangovers, the uh, the 2012 Grand Slam was a particularly special one for that for me for that reason. Idea yeah, Friday at the Gold Cup. And then, uh, and then, Saturday, yeah, Saturday on the pop. Unfortunately, I wasn't in the ground that day, but uh, yeah, all day in the all day in the pub, and um, yeah, that left me feeling a bit low on the Sunday. But uh, okay. all, all worth it. In, in the ground is overrated anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I tell you what, based on the uh, based on the experience I had in the in the Australia game um, in the autumn, it really was the the worst I'd ever experienced. But I don't want to get I don't want to get too negative. We got you on to see what you've kind of, what you've kind of noticed. On the subject of negativity. Oh, go on, go on, man. What do you uh, What do you want to get off your chest this week? Well, according to the uh, tournament, um, the, obviously the last time the uh, squad was together would have been the autumn series, and across those four games, the only two players who looked as though they'd met before or played rugby together before. Mm-hmm was uh, Toby Falatow and Justin Tiprick in that short period of play at the end of the yeah. South Africa game, resulting in Tiprick scoring a try. And um, I think, we, did we, did we say before, that a lot of players in our squad wouldn't have finished that score from where Tiprick was. He's probably one of our best finishers. But the, the two, the two it, was, it was a pass to, tip, uh, pass to Falatow first and mm. a, pass, a return pass later on to Tiprick, which he scored from. Both passes are about two feet in distance. Uh, nothing, you know, elaborate. They just read each other's play, and uh, and they were through. And kind of, it doesn't. It, it just don't see it very often. Where those no. uh, players are reading their their teammates' game very well. How worrying is that going into going into Six Nations that 
(laughs) in the autumn, our seven and eight look like our most creative uh, players and best finishers. Yeah, I know. And um, I, I, wish you hadn't said, I wish you hadn't said it that way. No, no, yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's well, always it, the problem. We, yeah. we, I mean, we. I, I don't. I don't like get always. I don't get all excited about the performance in the autumn because we're, we're normally awful. Yeah. And then quite often we we come together in the Six Nations, especially if we get a good start. So, but I, I would just like as a as a fan, I would just like to see more understanding between players because, as we know, like I don't want to draw. It's a very experienced team. Some of them being in the same club, some of them are in the same under twenties team, some of them were playing reps represent, representative before that <clears throat> together. And so that with all those matches and all those training sessions, there must there must be some build up of empathy, you know, in 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 all our time. And the only thing that could break it, uh, to to me and to a lot of people I guess, is being overcoached. Yeah. So they're not they're not reading what's in front of them. They're just thinking, hang on, where am I where am I supposed to run when he does this, or where am I supposed to go now we're doing this? You know, they they're second guessing, I suppose, a lot of what goes on on the pitch instead of reacting <laughs> to their teammates like um, Tips and uh, Farco did. Do you think uh, with a bit of a change to the structure of the of the coaches, you know, Alex King coming in, do you think that'll have a positive impact? I I, I mean I don't know what they I know these. I know there's kind of a man down with um, um, Gatlin being on the Lions tour, but they brought Matt Sheraton having, I mean, he couldn't have even been embedded in the Blues by September, October when they announced him. And then they discarded him again. I don't know what, I don't know what the idea was or what he, maybe he didn't fit in, maybe, I don't know. But now they're going to Alex King, he's not going to be any, he, he might do a he might do an amazing job on him. <laughs> come back on feeling, you know, stupid, but, He's not going to be. A, he's not a long-term. Like we're not bringing him on for anything. He's no. just going to go back into the English system. So, yeah, to me, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm going to be biased here because I know him. But uh, they've, they've, there's only two options. Stephen Jones is only um, is already signed up to be involved in the summer. Or when, yeah, uh, the line or, is on. yeah, or you'll make Griff. Or, Reese. Or, <laughs> Chris, you know, so like I say, I am biased, but he's been overlooked. There's no question. There's no question. He's a he's a standout backs coach. Specialist back coach, along with Stephen Jones. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, I obviously, you know, there's a lot not to like about him. He's from Canton, like me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's an ex-wanderer, like me. So <laughs> maybe that's the reason. I don't know. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what I don't know what they hope to get out of Alex King. To me, it seems like it's it's just a short-term thing from Howley that he needs someone who is experienced can hopefully just drag something, a few different moves out of the backs. And will make him look a bit better, kind of going into when they appoint a successor, um, a successor to to Gatland. Yeah, that's, that's what it, that's what it feels like to me. And then the summer. Uh, is, I mean, well, I mean, they, they've obviously know each other really well. Like there is that, but there's no there's no like Welsh coach development angle to it at all, is there? No, and I think that's I don't know. Maybe you could say that the the summer is the chance to do that. Because you know it's mm. more of a development. It's a development tour. A lot of players will be off with the Lions, along with the entire coaching staff, actually. And that's the yeah. time. That's the time to you know to try some of the, the younger guns. Remind me who the others were. Stephen Jones is going. Is Steve Tandy going, or did he? Um, no, Tandy isn't going. Um, mm. I don't think. And uh, but yeah, but Steve Jones is. 
So I think, you know, maybe there's that's... someone the, else though, isn't there? I can't remember. Oh, uh, uh, Danny Wilson's going. Danny Wilson, of course. Um, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, um, it's one of those. That is the chance to, um, to try people out, I suppose. But I doubt that's the whole thing that I've been moaning about for weeks is it's, uh, it's hard to keep... Um, when you've got your head coach who's coming back and he's going to be gone for a year, how do you actually kind of progress during that time? And yeah. I, I don't think you do. It's the old supply teacher thing for me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, <laughs> we just start throwing stuff at each other. Yeah, exactly. I think there's, there's paper aeroplanes flying around at the back of the, uh, <laughs> at the back of the class and, uh, and Rob Haley's trying to give him a quiz or something, but give him a history test. But well, well, I mean, you know, like, um, uh, on a serious note, uh, w- one of the big failings I think of uh, Gatlin's whole, uh, what's the word I'm for, tenure, should we mm. say, is that he hasn't freshened up his coaching staff at any stage. Yeah, I agree. Every, every time a contrast come out, I thought, oh, he might get someone, you know, he might get Pat Lamb or he might get Steve Richards to run the forwards or something, you know. Yeah. Just renewal, 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 regardless of whether the forwards are going well at the time or whether the backs are going well at the time. Everyone just gets there. I think it's been too cosy. <laughs> the top, I, I, I mean, it's, it's difficult to compare because not many coaches get the national job as long as Gatlin does. That's true. Well, yeah. So they normally, when they when they when they leave, they take all their staff with them, you know, and yeah. then new guy gets his own. So well, normally so we I, get right, we, normally we get just before a World Cup and then sack him, don't we? So um, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, we're not alone in that. I mean, you know, look, look at the number of uh, coaches England have been through in the last few years. So. Yeah. Um, Although we do, we do tiny a bit better than anyone else. <laughs> That's true. Just, yeah. uh, just as we uh, as we wrap up, then Murph, let's hopefully try and uh, try and end on a positive. Although maybe not. Uh, what's your <laughs> what's your prediction for Wales? Where are we uh, where are we going to finish in the Six Nations? The whole thing. Yeah. Oh, um, well, uh, I, I think I've said to you before. If our lineup goes well, the team goes well. Mm. Uh, but uh, uh, the other thing is. If we come up against the really good lineups like the English, England side and uh, Irish, if if things go as bad as I fear they might, they'll have they'll, they'll have periods of pressure where they can kick to touch, knowing there's a fair chance they'll have it back again when yeah. they throw it in. If 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 we're anything like the Japanese game where you we overthrew the first two lineups, I think of the match, or or. Or maybe one of them, just nobody jumped the ball was in the air, nobody got off the ground, that kind of thing. We have days like that against the big sides, the lineup in particular. <clears throat> we, we, you know, we, we're hoping the best we can do is third or fourth. But, ever the optimist, you know, if Charles is fit for England and Ireland, that means we can get some middle of the lineup ball. And, um, drafting Aaron Shingler, we can get some <laughs> back of the lineup ball. Um, and as long as that set piece goes, I think we're competitive with any team. Yeah. But it does let us down, especially like in, in especially the Southern Hemisphere teams who get into the last 20 minutes and we have a line out in there 22 and we lose it. And I, I, I would, I would hate to think how many times I've seen that happen. And, you know, you know, um, yeah, if our lineup goes well, I think we will well. All right, then one, so, one final one so to finish on, Beth. One final I'll one just, to finish I, on, right? I'm just going to predict that we finish first or second. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, right? You're you're obviously a gambling man. Uh, <laughs> we've given you we've given you a free bet courtesy of the attacking scrum. Uh, where's your Where's your money on the uh, on the overall winner? Well, I, if if it was my money, yeah. I would say uh, no grand slam. That would be my bet. Okay. All right. Oh, I like that. Because, yeah, because a bit, what I'm basically saying is, is England going to lose the least? <laughs> uh, 
Well, there you go. Uh, we, we, do, we, do end up, we do end on a positive note after all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it, 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 if I had to pick a winner of the tournament, I'd, I'd definitely go for Ireland. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you take the Vuna Polars out of any side, you know, they're going to suffer. Yeah. Um, and they've got to go. The other thing with England is lots of teams, including us, have won Grand Slams straight after the World Cup because everyone else is in redevelopment. And also, when they won the Grand Slam last year, there was the three home games and two away games, was it? Uh, anyway, we had the two, two hardest opposition uh, us and Ireland at home. It was that year. way round, yeah. It was Ireland. Yeah, was Ireland. Uh, and that was the other way round. And so they, they they might they might win down here, but I I think they'll have to do really well to win in Dublin. So well, fingers uh, fingers crossed, England do slip up, and uh, and let's hope. Yeah, it's, well, let's I mean, hope, it, let's hope it's, it's against okay Wales as well. Yeah, it's okay for me. I got I live here, living in London. It must be tough when they're playing so well. Yeah, it's uh, it's horrible. I've, as I've said many times, I, I, I don't even look forward to the fixture now because the thought of losing just terrifies me. But uh, mm. let's hope, let's hope you're let's hope you're right, and let's hope that wins against uh, let's hope that win is um, against England. That'd be spot on. Yeah, Murph, that'll do. Great to chat to you, and we'll chat again next week. Cheers, Dad. We'll be catching up again with uh, with Murph next week and find out uh, what he made of uh, Wales's game against Italy. I want to get your take on this now, though, Dan. You'll be out there. What are you uh, What are you predicting? Wales win? Yeah, Wales win. It's not going to be by uh, not going to be by much, I don't think. But um, I think we'll we'll get we'll get out there with a win, and uh, and then we'll be uh, we'll be right up for uh, for for England coming to town. Well, I think yeah, I think we've got to as I, as I've kind of said in the first part of this pod do think it's going to be I do think it's going to be the worst time to play Italy they've they have improved under Conrad Shea they're going to be much better organised under him and Mike Cat. they always tend to start campaigns at their strongest especially if they're in Rome and I also think that uh, the Wales have a tendency to, to start really slowly mm. yeah I yeah I know I know what you mean it's, 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 it's I did think that it's going to be um it's a really tough ask for us going out there, but then we could say that they're still going to be learning a bit about you know the new setup, um, how the different combinations are going to go. They brought in what five is it five? Uh, well, they, they brought this. They changed the team, haven't they, from when they were playing against um, when they went against South Africa? Yeah. Um, so hopefully, it's an opportunity for us to expose them a bit as well. Well, yeah, I think you might well be right. Uh, you might well be right, and this is something that Conor O'Shea's kind of got to got to do with them isn't it is is have a look around and potentially on the surface not the strongest depth of uh, of squad so you know he's got to to look around at at different options and you know we'll see kind of how that um how that pans out i do think we'll have enough on uh on sunday though i think that it's you can expect a kind of a well organized turgid side but you would hope that that Wales have enough to get through that game. Yeah, surely, surely we've got enough. I want us to be um, really tactically astute, hard-nosed, you know, and, uh, and 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 literally make sure that we play when it's on and when it isn't, we don't. Well, get, yeah, I mean, this is something that we've been um, that we've been waiting for for a, for a long time, though, isn't it? It's for Wales to play kind of a heads-up style of rugby and, and play what's in front of them. I think certain players will be pivotal to doing that, though. And, you know, as, as we kind of chatted... Uh, well, and the selection about, as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And as we chatted to Murph about it, it's those players um, like Justin Tipperick 
and the natural kind of ball players. And we mentioned Liam Williams in the in the first half. There's kind of a core few of these players that we need to fire in order to yeah. to get the best out of everyone. But and we need to get those our natural ballers on on the ball as mm, much as possible. Exactly. And you mentioned in the first part how important Scott Williams is. Yeah. And I think uh, throughout the tournament, he's someone who's going to be who's going to be pretty um, pretty crucial. Yeah, you can imagine him really opening up open up the midfield, can't you? Particularly against um, against Italy. If we get the ball, if we get the ball into him with enough time and space, do you uh, do you prefer Scott Williams as an inside or an outside centre, or doesn't it matter? Um, the consensus seems to be he's an inside centre, yeah, isn't it? But it does. But I, I I think he can do a a, a good job at outside, mm. um, and so I'd be happy happy to see him there. Um, but um, where wherever he uh, he's just a, he's just a, he's 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 an informed back for us, isn't he? And um, I just really hope he gets he gets through this game without an injury, and um, that he can just sort of spark a few things. Because there's not a lot of depth in the in the squad in centre berth, is there? You know, yeah, there should there be an injury to either Williams or Davis or Roberts, they're gonna have to call someone in. Yeah. Because the only other centre option really is Owen Williams. Who can do a job at centre, but it's his first time in the training camp. Yeah, and we say him do a job, and you know, he's, it's this is it's the international level, isn't it? It's such a step up. Yeah, um, he hasn't had a huge amount of game time there. I do think he could do a job there, but um, it's a different kettle of fish in the um, in the Six Nations, isn't it? It is. I'm a firm believer as well that players should be playing in their their primary position. I'm not entirely sure what that is for Owen. I do think he's probably more of an outside half than a mm. than a centre. But you know, other than that, you'd be looking at putting bigger at twelve, which was suggested on Scrum Five this weekend. That doesn't excite me hugely, and I, I do like bigger. I think you know he does get a bit of a bit of stick, and he's trying to work on his attacking game. But I don't think that's going to be. I can imagine us trying. I can imagine us maybe trying to do something like that to accommodate him. If um, one of my one of my sort of bold predictions, mm. which I didn't mention, was was Sam Davis to to, to take that you know, to take that ten spot, um, and 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 if he does. And we do pick up an injury in the centres. We, I can imagine us being forced to move him, you know, move him into that role. But for me, I think it would be the wrong, it would be the wrong decision. Um, and actually, we are, we're, we're risking it, aren't we? I with, think so. With, yeah. with, with the centre selections we've got, Ashley Beck. I know we're both a big, big fan. People say maybe he hasn't got the pace. He's got other things yeah. about him. Um, but anyway. So we, let's hope we don't get an injury. But the way in no. which how physical the game is, it is, and, and Scott does pick up injuries. It's quite like it's quite likely, isn't it? Yeah, that's a, that is a bit of a worry. Um, I suppose the other worry is it's not unthinkable for Italy to to turn Wales over. It's something that has happened in the past and famously happened ten years ago. Remember, yeah. remember that game, two thousand and seven. I do. Yeah, yeah. With the uh, the old um, ten seconds on the yep. ten seconds on the clock, and then the the TMO said I oh, was only five, isn't it? Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Kath Thomas was when well, absolutely, absolutely was absolutely didn't he? Yeah, was jumping up and down. You can imagine, you know, it was it was a big big thing, wasn't it? It was in a a Welsh side with some pretty household names in there. Yeah, you know the likes of Stephen Jones, Alwyn Jones. He was in that, his kind of first Six Nations. Well, he's the only one to survive, isn't yeah. he? That. Uh, you know, ten ten years ago. Um, yeah, we've 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 come on a bit since then, haven't we? I was going to ask you that actually. How how far do you think we have come? Because I remember that as clear as anything. Um, Hopefully, their timekeeping has come on a bit. <laughs> I mean, 
Yeah, I know we're still talking about <laughs> TMOs and dodgy yeah. officiating, aren't we? Yeah. But um, yeah, that was that was utterly uh, utterly bizarre. And yeah, you'd hope that uh, you'd hope the timekeeping's come along. But what about the uh, what about the Welsh side? When you say you know, have we have we come on? It's 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 a difficult one to answer, isn't it? Because we, I believe, we've now got more strength in depth than we ha- than we had back then. Um, but I still fear, as as I think a lot of people do, that we're not going to pick the players in the certain positions that mm. we want that we'd like to see. And so we've, we definitely move, we've, we've moved on in stages, then we've stepped back, I think. And at the moment, we're in this position where we don't quite know where on earth we are. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's, for me, I think it's a golden opportunity for us to actually uh, have a little play with things not to, and, 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 and really you know, make a good few changes and, 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 and create, a, you know, create, a, create a new style. Um, so I think we've, we, we, we definitely kicked on and then we sort of, uh, we dropped back a little bit, kicked on again. And now we're sort of, we've, we've leveled out and plateaued and, um, you, you could say we're, we're sort of, we're falling backwards at the moment. Um, but I do think it won't be for long. I think mm-hmm. we'll kick on. I think, I think we've definitely moved on in that time I and mean, you'd hope so when you losing, you know, losing kind of to that Italian side. Mm. And then obviously later on that year went out in the, the pool stages of the, the world cup. I mean, we definitely moved on from there, but we've also had some low periods in that time too. So, you know, I think obviously Gatlin went on and won the Grand Slam just a year after in his first year in charge. Then, you know, we've had a World Cup run in 2011, Grand Slam in 2012, Championship in 2013. A lot of that seemed unthinkable mm. in, uh, in 2007. So I think we definitely have moved on. I just think the question now is, why haven't we moved on from uh, from where we were a couple of years ago rather than 10 years ago? Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah, hanging on the back of what you said there, the fact that we haven't changed, we have, we, we moved on because we, we were successful mm. and because probably because we were successful, we didn't actually, we didn't actually evolve and develop. We just, you know, it was going well. So it was almost like it'll always go well. Um, and quite often you want to change things when you're going well, don't you? Um, and we and we 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 didn't do that. Hmm. Um, so yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully this Sunday will be an opportunity for uh, for Wales to get some decent ball in hand and and excite the fans again because it's it seemed like a little while since that's happened. And you know, for you out there as well, it'd be good to you know be good to see a bit of running rugby and and Wales cross that right whitewash uh, a good few times. Yeah. Do you think it'll be sort of you know mighty close? You know, and it'll be. Um, you know, maybe maybe sort of seventy minutes. We'll. Uh, I think it will be a close game. I, I think Wales by seven. I think by a try or potentially by ten. You know, trying a penalty, something like convert yeah. trying a penalty, something like that. And I think yeah, it will be the usual thing. They make life very difficult for the first sixty minutes, and then hopefully, you know, we've got enough in the uh, in the tank to to get out of there. Whether or not we can get a bonus point, don't know. You'd hope so. Yeah, you'd hope so. I um, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure about that. Um, for me, I I just think it's all about uh, it's all about the win. Uh, the yeah, win, the win I think you've there. got you've got to get that win first. And I think if they do that and they do the right things, then things will start to open up. My concern is it turns into a scrappy game. Italy spoil a lot of ball, mm. and they you know the Welsh side then starts to chase it. And you know if they've only got penalty points on the board or they've got one try and they're 
moving into the, the lap quarter of the game, that's where you start to worry. When actually, what you need is to to stay calm in that situation. Yeah. We, yeah, we need to we need to keep it fa- we need to keep it fairly structured, don't we? You know, kick you know kick kick you know kick to the corners, kick when it's on, and um, and just sort of open them up, open them up when uh, when the, when the time is right. I think if we go if we go into a loose scrappy game, it will really play into their hands because they'll be right up for it. They'll be tackling hard when they drive them back, and when it's that sort of physical that physical battle the whole time, it suits them down to the ground. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's you know it'll it'll. It'll suit them more than it'll suit us, I think. We mentioned it was quite a bit of a surprise that uh, that Campagnaro is on the bench for Italy mm. because he's you know he's looked really kind of a class act uh, in recent times for Exeter. Something that could you know we've often said that Italian sides fade after um, fade after sixty minutes. Well, you know, having someone like that on the bench and also I think Ferno's on the bench is a fair bit of experience and a few. A few bigger names coming off there that that might just have an impact. Yeah, are they doing are they are they doing something tactically that we're uh, that we're not aware of, maybe. Potentially, um, yeah. You know, they, they they could be, couldn't they? If they're expecting a massive physical effort, um, we've just got guys that are tackling, you know, tackling all day long, making it making it hard, making a nuisance to themselves, and then the, you know, a couple of the more um, the more you know, a couple of the strong runners come in that can hit an angle. Um, they could uh, they could well surprise us. Yeah, you uh, you might well be right on that. But, I do uh, think yeah. he'll have he'll have a few he'll have a few things up his sleeve. Um, and I know he he can't have too many because he is limited with the options he's got. But he, he'll 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 do something. Well, I wouldn't underestimate uh, Mike Cat's involvement yeah. here as well. Mm. So um, you know, a lot of that England coaching side. I've never trusted Cats, have you? <laughs> Cats generally, or my cat? cat? Uh, well, cats. I just think they're very unpredictable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I hate cats. If I'm yeah. honest, yeah, I'm I'm not a huge animal lover. I only tend to be interested in animals if I'm eating them or gambling on them. So that's when you know. So cats don't fall into either of those brackets for me. No, I just think yeah, there's something there's something there's something spooky about them. Mm. But uh, the speed at which they move as well. So yeah. <laughs> Hang on, we're uh, we're going to be in for a, a real torrid time out in Italy, aren't we? With, the, with this cat a bag of cats. Yeah, my cat though. To to bring it oh. back to to a rugby point. Yeah. Like I say, I think a lot of that England coaching side from the the Rugby World Cup have kind of been tarnished with their failure of going out in the uh, the group stages, which I'd say with a right smile on my face. I think the uh, the thing is, you know, some of that backroom style. Andy Farrell's gone on and proved what a good job he's done with Ireland. You know, he's proven his coaching credentials. Wouldn't be surprised to, to see, you know, Mike Cat have a few things up his sleeve to um, to disrupt Wales and potentially other some other sides during the tournament. Oh, definitely, yeah. I've really rides on a broomstick. He'll be, he'll be. Um, he's a good. He's a he's a he's a good coach, isn't he? I think he's so. A, yeah. He was a good player. Um, knew the game, and. Um, Actually, the more we're talking about this now, the more the more I'm getting a little bit nervous about it. So I know we have the tendency to do that when when you chat about rugby with me, just yeah. because I I have that nervous disposition. Yeah, you are. You're making. We're going to have to get to that Peroni village, I think, a little bit earlier <laughs> than we than we thought. Which we're, we're, we should be getting there for about twelve. So we'll have we'll have a good sort of hour and a half. But um, I'm going to have to have a chat with uh, the tour organizer and say we need to make it an hour earlier. Yeah, I think you might well be right there. Um, moving away from. Moving away from Wales for a sec and just kind of rounding up some of the other goings on from uh, from rugby news this week. 
transfers as we always do at this time. Yeah, a strange one. Corey Allen linked with a move to the Ospreys. Yeah, that is odd, isn't it? I can't, uh, I can't get my head around that one. Um, Firstly, do the Ospreys need him? No, um, I don't think they do. I mean, it's always lovely to have a, a good number of options, isn't it? Mm. But they've got a, they've got a good, uh, they've got quite a lot of depth there in the centre role. Yeah, I mean, um, Matavesi back. Uh, obviously, we said spends a lot of time injured, but um, you know, kind of Owen Watkin down there as well. He's a good prospect. Yeah, good powerful. He does. He does offer. He does offer something different. There's there's not that many players that play like he does. Mm. Maybe they're you know maybe that's 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 what they want to see, um, and they think he can he can he can do well. They must they must think he can do a job there. But it's a bit peculiar, don't you think? Yeah, he struggled to kick on. I think Corey Allen. He's a player that. I thought started his international career really well, um, you know, and his, well, sorry, his regional career really, and then kind of got mm. into the international setup off the back of that. Yeah. You know, had some good time with sevens as well, but I just think, yeah, I don't know. It, it seems to have stalled for him a bit. Maybe, I don't know, maybe a change in, yeah, a change in club would would freshen it up. I'm quite, a bit, but... I'm quite excited for him as as a player with that move because he has stalled, hasn't he? That we, that we were we were we were all expecting big things from him, and I know he's had a, he's had a few injury problems as mm. well, but it just hasn't yeah, really, has. it just hasn't really happened, and I can imagine he's probably super excited about. Uh, well, yeah, if the, you know, obviously if, it's always hard that, to say how much truth there is in the, yeah, the rumors, it, but, but there's usually something there's something in it, isn't there? And maybe 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 this is uh, this would be something that um, that brings that brings the best. out I think it'd be exciting for him if he can get you yeah. know, a fair amount of first team rugby down there. With that pack in front of him, well, it'll also mean for and, him that you know you've got you've got Reece Webb, yeah, and then you've got Sam Moore down, yeah, um, and then if he's firing in the centre, next thing you know, well, you know, he's back in the Wales setup. I think so, so and, and brilliant. My, you know, we've kind of mentioned Griff Reese already on this um, on this podcast, not just chatting to Murph earlier, but also when uh, you know when we on previous podcasts where we've been saying kind of what a good job he's done with the backs at the Ospreys. Mm. Maybe a change in coaching setup might actually suit Corey Allen, and you know, and he'll kind of have a have a second wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, fingers fingers crossed, and I'd, I'd like like to see that. Uh, a couple of players who are going nowhere from the Blues, or not going away from the Blues, rather. Um, a pair of Lewis's, Dylan Lewis and Ethan Lewis, sign new contracts. Yeah, a lot, um, a lot of good things being said about those two 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 young boys, aren't there? Yeah. Um, so it's good, yeah, good to get them committed to uh, you know to, to the Blues. Yeah, I think that's you know that'll do um, that'll do them the world of good as well to get a pair of them signed up, and you know hopefully I, I think they'll they'll want to get a few more a few more bits of business done in in the next few weeks as well. But it's um, yeah, they're not over yet. Are they? No, I wouldn't have thought so. But they brought a lot of players in last summer, and it hasn't really gelled. So I think it'd be you know it'd be nice to see a bit more consistency and a few youngsters coming through and really proving their credentials as as core members of the first team. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, down that way, we've also got a uh, a couple of fairly high profile players going to play for Merthyr. So Lou Reed, formerly of the Blues, and of course the Scarlets and Wales international. Supposed to be out of a character, Lou Reed, isn't he? Great singing voice. Well, you'd hope so. He's uh, in the Velvet Underground, isn't he? <laughs> I think he, no, I think he's. Um, he's you, gen- 
Has he genuinely got a good yeah, singing voice? Yeah, apparently, yes. And he's yeah. called Leary. And a real, I love that. And a real sort of character, great guy around the squad. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, you can imagine him going to Merthyr and uh, there'll be some big characters down there, but he'll be, uh, he'll be right up there with them. Walk on the wild side, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got a deep voice. And he's joined down there um, by Martin Thomas, play for... Uh, Play for Gloucester and Dragons. Yeah. Another big, another you know, great signing. I mean, there's some, they've got a hell of a squad, haven't they? And bringing these players into the mix at the tail end of the season. Yes. That's only going to strengthen yeah. their title bit, isn't it? Oh, God. I mean, yeah. It's the, uh, the yeah, Merthyr, Merthyr Facebook faithful must be loving this. Yeah, I, I imagine so. They're probably going to be two decent additions uh, to the Merthyr side. Couple of players staying in uh, in Gwent. Lewis Evans and Adam Warren signed new deals at the Dragons. Yeah, great to see that. Um, good number of boys committing now, isn't it? Yeah, there's or a fair and, and some important players within there. Now I know yeah. we've we've struggled massively again this season, but you can only imagine how much worse it would be without the likes of of Ryan Landman. I think Adam Warren's done well. Yeah, yeah. Since. Yeah. Um, uh, since turning up at the Dragons, Lewis Evans is just. A, I say I use oh. this term a lot. But he's, he is a warrior. Yeah, week in, week out. And you know, I think he epitomises he epitomises what the club should be about. You know, he's a real spirited character and puts his heart on the line every single game. So, so as much as he, as much as he's a, uh, you know, he's he's he's, he's he loves you know he loves the Dragons. It must it must have crossed his mind that. Um, you know, do I do I potentially uh, you know do I potentially move on? Um, because you know, when you're on the back of many many losses, mm-hmm. it's um, it's hard to take, isn't it? So yeah, great that he's great that he's committed to uh, yeah, that's, the region again. That's good news. And yeah, Nick Card, who we mentioned uh, mm. last week, sticking around too. So yeah, some good um, again, a bit of good news for uh, for Dragons fans. Unfortunately, though, it's a really sad note to to finish on. Again, you may have seen this story this week. Um, Promising, uh, promising youngster uh, called Tom Owen. Yeah, I did see this. Yeah, very, very sad. As yeah, just died aged, uh, aged, um, aged uh, twenty-one, and uh, yeah, playing uh, playing his rugby down at Bather, and um, I think that's uh, that's really you know it's a hugely upsetting story. We always say whenever something like this has happened, it's always the human element that. That you have to look to first because it's insanely sad that uh, um, the young person's lost their life and uh, you know kind of fitting tribute from the club this week and just said uh, he's green and green and gold to the core, which is a pretty you yeah. know I'm sure he's a, you know it's a huge hole at that club at the moment and um, and yeah you can only imagine how uh, how sad that is for everyone down there you know terrific club as well. Yeah, great. You know, great club with uh, with a lot of a lot of history, and um, yeah, you just you know, I, I, we, I think we all hope now the club can can get around the family and uh, and try and help them through this uh, mighty difficult time. Yeah, absolutely. You couldn't have said it better, and and obviously the thoughts uh, thoughts with ev- everyone at the club, and and especially with his family at the moment. Uh, we'll be back next week, and um, and we'll look forward to chatting to you some more then. Podcast Network.